Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about be of good cheer. Jesus says in John chapter 16, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Be courageous. Be confident in me because I've overcome the world. And he tells them that they can have this peace. Even in amongst the trials and tribulations, so we're going to be asking God for help with this today. To just be walking in this consistently, even when we're facing troubles and issues and problems, to be of good cheer. Because he's overcome the world. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. Business started out great, but I got into some tough times. My business is very up and down. Got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember just getting to a place of going for a walk with my wife and just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be a better way. I've been seeking. I've been reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts but I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? Proverbs tells us the principal thing is wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to, to seek after God, I began to press into him, totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. And I just simply began to document what he was taking me through. It wasn't always easy all the time because I had to learn to put off my old ways, to learn how to embrace this new way of living. We would make God the source, the center of everything. At times, I found myself in some impossible looking situations, had to break free of some old patterns. But over the course of 10 years, I just began to document what he was taking me through. And it led to this series of books and courses and now partners that we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important thing is daily communion. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something so powerful about just simply remembering and not forgetting. Especially when we're facing those issues and troubles and trials. Just remembering him helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, you take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep honor and reverence and awe for the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think it's important we remember both sides of the cross. On one side, we remember all that he went through, all that he suffered for us. But on the other side, we remember all that his sacrifice means for us. 
what his sacrifice did for us, connecting us back to God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick. And they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. Thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us. And the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us. And the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because we have to have this eternal perspective with God, but our relationship with him has got to be brought down into today to impact every area of today. And remember, masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through our four fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises or the inheritance that he had for them, they didn't just go straight there. They had to learn to put off their old ways and to learn to do things in a new way. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises that God has for us, the inheritance that he has for us, we inherit them through faith and patience. We've got to learn to put off our old ways and to learn to do things God's way. And I think very simply, it starts with just believing that God's got something better for our life. Better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. 
being willing to move forward with him and his plan for our life. Then it's starting to put off our old ways of stressing and striving and trying to figure it all out and learning to rest and trust in him and his, as his beautiful plan unfolds in our life in the perfect timing, just trusting in him. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we've got to keep repositioning back into the light. And I think it starts with humility because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? you got to humble yourself like this little child. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. We're going to walk in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping. Always trusting. Always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the greatest expressions of faith, especially when you're facing troubles. To stay positioned in gratitude and praise to be of good cheer. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. We get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him. And we have access to God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. There's time, there's finances, there's resources. It's all available. But we have to learn how to get in position to receive it and then get it flowing through us out into the world. Where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts and love. where We become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about this example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, there's a basket full of the issues and problems and testings the troubles of life. On the other side is a basket full of our praise, praising God for who he is, praising God for what he's done. Which basket are we going to magnify with our thoughts, with our words, with our focus, with our attention? Which basket are we meditating on throughout the day and just filling up with our thoughts and attention and focus? So to magnify the light, we can magnify who God is. We can magnify his word and his promises, his unfailing love. We can magnify all that Jesus did for us. He made us righteous, right with God. We've got peace with God. We've got this treasure in our hearts. And we can stay focused on all the things that are going well, all that God has already done in our lives. Because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Jesus said, you're going to have troubles in this world. But it's simply choosing to magnify that basket of praise, even in the face of problems. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness. Staying focused on that basket of troubles, venting and complaining and pouting about it, toiling away in our mind trying to figure it all out. Rather than resting and trusting in God. And that's where we got to learn to recognize the symptoms. 
Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. We're going to have a lack of fellowship with God and people might find ourselves retaliating at people, withholding good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment, isolate ourselves. On the inside, there's this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. Might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness like you're trapped or you're stuck. And it seems like it's never going to get better. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry and frustration, dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios. We're usually not very present when we're out of position. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people, fullness and completeness in him. And when we rest, God goes to work and everything begins to flow. Everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And all those good things that he put within us just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden, we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, we ever miss it, it just takes a moment to get back in position again. And it's learning to recognize those symptoms quickly and turn it back around. I think it starts with humility. Father, forgive me. I've missed it right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. We forgive others or reconcile with others if we need to. Then we start praising him and magnifying him for who he is, what he's done. I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us throughout the day. But we've got to stay tuned into him. And lately, we've talked about when we begin to magnify him through praise, it also begins to amplify. You get in position and you start to magnify. It's going to begin to amplify where you begin to hear more clearly from him. My favorite way to stay tuned into him is with a journal before bed. And lately, we've talked about installing what we call some filters at the top of the journal. These filters are just short phrases, maybe one word, or short statements that we keep rewriting every night at the top of our journal as a way to reinforce God's vision, his plan, his way of doing things in our life. It helps us to navigate throughout the day to keep us on track. For example, it might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. That short phrase just helps us navigate throughout the day. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and reflect back over the day. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned into him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes, one to two minutes. Just slow down, get connected to him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered back up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we've got to do what we know to do today. We've got to walk in the light that we have. The final thing I like to do in my journal every night is to plan out the upcoming day with God. 
And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned, sometimes I was getting out ahead of him, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. And the grace wasn't there, just creating more problems for myself. On the other side, sometimes it's easy to procrastinate on things that we know to do. It's easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action today. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I've begun to start my days this way. Those are the very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan. Full confidence in him. that He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, bring these good and perfect gifts from above into our life. Things that we can never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic. It just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our lives. So let's take a look at the scripture. John 16, 33. This is the New King James Version. Jesus is, Jesus is telling his disciples. He's just been explaining to them some of what's going to happen. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You've got peace in him. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take good heart. Some versions say take good heart. Some versions say take courage. Other versions say be of good cheer. And why can we do that when we're facing trouble? Because he's overcome the world. The Amplified Version reads like this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribul tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I've overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. So Heavenly Father, we've talked a lot lately just about filling up this basket of praise, magnifying you through praise. We're asking for your help today, that even in the face of troubles and issues, just every day, Jesus says every day has enough trouble of its own. We face stuff. we got stuff to deal with. We're asking for your help to, to take heart, to be courageous, to be of good cheer, to be filled with joy. Because you are more than enough. And Jesus has overcome the world. He was victorious over death. We're asking for your help with that today, to walk in this consistently. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God didn't have to send Jesus, but he chose to send his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself, even unto death on a cross. To be rejected and betrayed, spit on, mocked, hit, whipped, nailed to a cross. Worst of all, I believe he's separated from God. The cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body 
he was crushed by God. It was he was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power, it now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. We've got peace with God. Perfect peace in him. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and all that it represents. And I should have blessed it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light. His blood cleanses us, gives us this new covenant, this blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us. He's fighting for us. He's working for our good. His covenant, he will not break. So, Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right. Health and fitness stuff. In your workouts, just like today's verse, you're going to have issues. You're going to have trouble sometimes. You might have times when you don't feel the best. You might have times where you got certain joints that hurt or who knows what. What do you do? How do you handle those things? And here's what I've learned to do. What can you do? What do you know to do today? For example, maybe you can't do an exercise because a joint hurts. Maybe your knee hurts, your elbow hurts, whatever hurts. What can you do? Can you cut back the weight? Can you do the movement with a lesser range of motion? What can you do? And oftentimes I've found that if you'll just do what you can do and do it with excellence, that it will very quickly improve. It will very quickly overcome. It'll get better real quick. If you cut it back, do what you can do and grow it back up from there. It might be a lesser weight or a lesser amount of resistance. It might be a lower number of reps. It might be uh, a variation of the exercise. What can you do? For example, I've had clients in the gym that had broken arm, broken wrist. Okay, what can you do? Can you walk? Can you do something with your legs? Can you work out the other arm? And a lot of times, just the mental attitude of keeping the habit of exercising regularly, even when there's an issue, is very important. But also, it builds some confidence. That, hey, I can still keep doing something. And then when the, when the issue is resolved, you keep right on going. Like it never happened. And I think it actually helps you heal faster. So what can you do? It's one of the greatest questions you can ask when you're working through an issue. But I hope it's been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.